I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All good stories come to an end. But for the truly great stories, their legacy lives on. Think for a moment, if you will, to the first time you saw Ohio State football. Maybe you were watching grainy pictures on a basement TV. Maybe you heard your family and friends singing, I don't give a damn, about the whole state of Michigan. Maybe you were in Columbus and had the chance to sit in the Colossus of Ohio Stadium. Think about that moment. I remember my first moment. I was in Ohio Stadium in the spring with my dad. The scarlet and gray players were a blur. They seemed larger than life, and yet small in the shadow of Ohio Stadium. The program that we know today is one of the country's best. For our lifetimes, for nearly a hundred years now, Ohio Stadium has stood. And in it, some of the game's great coaches and greatest players have covered the 100-yard gridiron in dramatic wins and heartbreaking losses. No matter the result, the success and tradition of the program has been painted by the players and coaches on the canvas of Ohio Stadium. Perhaps no person in the history of Ohio State has had more of an impact on the program we know today than John Wills. Wills led Ohio State as it transitioned from a mid-level power in the second-tier Ohio Athletic Conference to a champion in one of the nation's best conferences, the Big Ten. Wills played an open game that blended a running and passing attack, and his teams soared. After recruiting local product Chick Harley, the Buckeyes won back-to-back Big Ten championships in 1916 and 1917. Wilson's Buckeyes became the first squad to ever beat Michigan in 1919. The success of Harley was followed up by the rare and special play of Pete Stinchcomb, and the Buckeyes continued to fly high. Paired with visionaries at Ohio State, Athletic Director Lynn St. John, President of the Athletic Board Thomas French, and University President William Oxley Thompson, the gears were in motion to move from the crowded confines of Ohio Field to a new stadium to honor all of Ohio. And the greatness Wills built on the field, he looked to build off the field too. In 1919, the same year Ohio State first beat Michigan, Wills earned a medical degree. Dr. Wills demanded that his men carry themselves to a higher standard, and when all things in the world seemed to line up against them, to dig deep to summon the term he coined, intestinal fortitude, to overcome the odds. Wills was not molding athletes as he saw it. 
he was molding men of character who would go on to carry themselves and their communities long after they left the football field. Wills built a monster. But just as it seemed Ohio State was rolling, as Ohio Stadium opened its doors in 1922, things turned the wrong direction. Losing seasons, poor play, unforced errors. There was a buzz that Coach Wills had lost a step that the game had passed him by. Ohio State suffered four straight seasons finishing in the bottom half of the Big Ten from 1922 to 1925. But as the calls for Wills' job grew, well, he showed he still had a trick up his sleeve. Wills' 1926 team was one of the best in OSU history, finishing the season 7-1. The single loss suffered to Michigan by a single point, the result of a misfire on an extra point attempt. A cold wind blew in Columbus. Wills' team sputtered to a 4-4 mark in 1927, and the howls for him to step down became deafening, entering 1928. And so here we are. The year is 1928, and Wills entered his 16th season as coach for the Buckeyes. Wills knew the importance of history. He knew that this year would be four times as long as any of his predecessors at Ohio State had continuously coached the team. But perhaps, perhaps it was time for someone new to have a chance to run the program. Wills penned a letter in June that would go down in Ohio State history and send shockwaves around the Big Ten and the country. I herewith tender my resignation as head football coach of Ohio State University to take effect June 1929. It is my intention to enter the active practice of medicine and to continue to a degree of teaching. With full appreciation of the complete and cordial support of the board over my coaching period, I am respectfully J.W. Wills. The OSU Athletic Board responded in kind. The Athletic Board accepts with sincere regret the resignation tendered by Dr. J.W. Wills to take effect at the end of the next school year. The Board appreciates the long, faithful, and conspicuous service he has rendered to The Ohio State University in particular and intercollegiate athletics in general in the 15 years he has been our director of football here. The Board recognizes that Dr. Wills has made a lasting contribution to the development of the university. It conveys to him its gratitude, acknowledges an enduring obligation to him for exemplary and devoted service, and is happy that he contemplates continuing in his university teaching relationships. After 16 years, after leading Ohio State into the Big Ten and capturing three Big Ten titles, after capturing the school's first ever victory against Michigan, Wills would move on. It was time, he thought. But Coach Wills also knew one thing, that he had one final season left at the helm. Before Wills rode off into the sunset, before the legendary builder of the program ended his career, before the man who finally broke the Michigan curse stepped away, he'd lead his Buckeyes through as difficult a schedule as they had ever faced. There were not many favors or freebies on OSU's 1928 schedule. Sure, the opener against Wittenberg likely wouldn't be much of a challenge, but from there, it was time to button up the chin straps. A tricky trip to Evanston in Week 2 was followed by a clash against Michigan in Week 3. The Buckeyes hit the road against Indiana in what looked to be a winnable affair. Then, they returned home for a titanic matchup against perennial national contender Princeton, a team they had never hosted before. 
If the Buckeyes survived those tilts intact, they'd host a plucky Iowa team before getting a little rest against Muskingum and then finishing up against Illinois. The prospects of the team looked mixed, but the Buckeyes had talent and speedy senior halfback Byron Ebby. As Ebby went, so went the Buckeyes. And so it was. The 39th season of OSU football, the 16th and final season with Wills as head coach, he led his Buckeyes out in the season opener for the final time. In a daze of scarlet and gray, Ohio State whipped Wittenberg, 41 to nothing. In front of 30,000 people one week later, the Wilsmen continued their winning ways by blanking Northwestern, 10 to nothing. Next up was a team that Wils knew well, a team that only he alone as coach of Ohio State had beat, but a team that OSU had never beaten since Ohio Stadium first opened its gates six seasons earlier. Next up, for the very last time, Coach Wills would lead his Buckeyes on the field in the game against the Michigan Wolverines. Picture a world where OSU had never beaten Michigan. That was the world Coach Wills inherited before his Buckeyes finally unseated the Wolverines in 1919. That was the start of a three-game win streak in the game, but the Wolverines had bounced back and won the last six against OSU. Michigan's dominance against Ohio State was just one indicator to many at OSU that the Buckeyes under Wills were not a top conference power, that he had fallen behind. Across the field, Michigan entered the game coached by Elton Wyman. Wyman, in only his second season, had stepped in for Fielding Yost, who had served as head coach of the Wolverines for 25 years. Wyman had led Michigan to a top 10 finish in his first season as coach, including a 21 to nothing pounding of Ohio State. But this year's Michigan team looked to have lost a step. The Wolverines dropped home games against Ohio Wesleyan in Indiana. They were bruised and battered. Wills knew Michigan well. His Buckeyes took the field on October 20th, intent to leave a lasting mark on the rivalry. The Cleveland Plain dealer recalled the scene. Under a bright sky, brushed by a fresh autumn wind, the scarlet and gray of Ohio State and the maize and blue of Michigan floated from the high parapets of the stadium, streaked across the colonnades, and fluttered from the coat lapels of tens of thousands of enthusiastic old grads of both institutions. There was nothing to indicate in the familiarity with which the colors of the two schools were entwined that this was a rival feud, a battle royale between old enemies, a fight to the finish. The Buckeyes trailed before the half. It didn't last long. Halfback Byron Ebby ran untouched on a reverse to capture a 12-7 OSU lead. Buckeye quarterback Allen Holman hit halfback Charles Coffey with a 21-yard pass midway through the fourth quarter, and OSU walked off the field victors 19-7. Wills had another victory over the hated Wolverines. The Plain Dealer recapped the day. Jack Wills' last Ohio State football team today came fighting back to overwhelming victory 
Six times in the last six years, the loyal people of Ohio had jammed Ann Arbor or Columbus, hopeful of seeing their boys beat Michigan, always to go home crushed. But today, for the first time since 1921, they watched at last an Ohio team so superior that it absolutely could not be denied. Even though it fumbled and stumbled, it was an Ohio State team potentially great. A team recalling just a little bit those Hasselon days of Chick Harley, Gaylord Stitchcomb, and Workman when Ohio whipped Michigan three straight seasons. A versatile attack. Charles Coffey and Byron Ebby fitting like race around the ends. Lincoln Corey pounding the line and Alan Holman throwing passes rolled up 13 first downs for Ohio to Michigan's scant one Wilson's last ever game against Michigan was OSU's first ever victory over the Wolverines in Ohio Stadium. Undefeated Ohio State marched on to Bloomington. They picked off Indiana four times on the way to securing a 13-0 victory. OSU stood at 4-0. Now came the toughest test of the season, and maybe one of the toughest tests of any season. The Buckeyes would welcome to the shoe one of the great powers of the day, the undefeated Princeton Tigers. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. When we think of Princeton today, football doesn't really come to mind. But that was not the case in 1928. Princeton was a great power on the college football landscape. Only a few programs could rival their success. While Ohio State dedicated Ohio Stadium in 1922 and slogged away to a disappointing 3-4 and four season, Princeton was posting another undefeated season and claiming yet another national championship. And wow, Princeton had a lot of national championships. We all know that for many years, the best team in the land was just a matter of great dispute. Well, and if you ask teams like UCF, even with today's four-team playoff system, it is still a matter of dispute. But the matter was even more controversial in football's early days. There was no national championship game. There certainly weren't computer rankings or smoke-filled committee rooms selecting teams to duke it out. Instead, you had a lot of pretty good teams who claimed national championships or were retroactively awarded championships based on someone's subjective criteria. Nevertheless, even in the gray area of national champions, Princeton was a national championship factory. Princeton already had claimed 25 national championships. 25! Some of those Tiger teams were great. Some were not. In 1869, Princeton lost to Rutgers in the first ever football game, 4-6. A week later, they beat Rutgers 8-0. Those were the only two college football teams on the planet, and by the strength of their second victory, Princeton were the national champions, even though they were 1-1. So, go figure. 
But anyway, the fact of the matter was that the Tigers brought an undefeated and unscored upon team into Columbus. Excitement swelled in the city for the rare clash. 72,000 fans filled the stands, only to see the Tigers jump out to a 6-0 lead. With time winding down in the fourth quarter, Coach Wills and the Buckeyes struck gold. Byron Ebby raced for a game-tying touchdown. It was 6-6. OSU lined up for the game-winning extra point. The kick was... no good. The Buckeyes walked away with a draw, and a game that would live long in the memory of those who packed Ohio Stadium. The Lantern remarked on the action. The Tiger came to Columbus Saturday, stalked around a bit, but was neither tame nor did the taming. It did, however, furnish half the cause of one of the greatest football exhibitions ever staged between two representative teams from the East and West. After dispatching Michigan, after drawing mighty Princeton, Coach Wilson's Buckeyes were undefeated. His Buckeyes were showing the fire and flash that made Wilson a legend, but the team was not perfect. No Ohio State fan needs to be told how difficult beating a team like Iowa can be. And after the big emotional game against Princeton, the Buckeyes lost to the undefeated Hawkeyes by a touchdown. OSU quickly rebounded, blanking Muskingum 39 to nothing. Heading into the final week of the season, the Buckeyes had everything to play for. Standing in their way was the team that had proven one of the most challenging foes Coach Wills had ever coached against, Illinois. Wills knew Illinois, under Coach Robert Zupke, would put up a fight his team had not seen all season. After all, games against Illinois marked some of the highest highs and lowest lows of Wills' coaching career at OSU. The 1916 Illinois game was the highest of highs. It was the 1916 victory over Illinois that stood as one of the finest hours in program history. It was that victory, that game, that Wilson's men returned home from Champaign to a frenzy of football interest in Columbus. It was that game that stood as a defining moment, where the restraints holding back Ohio State football from what it could finally be snapped, and OSU marched to its first ever Big Ten championship. It was that moment when the gears were set in motion due to skyrocketing fan interest to build the cathedral of football we call Ohio Stadium. But Illinois also knew how to break the Buckeyes' hearts. The 1919 game saw the Illini spoil Chick Harley in Ohio State's undefeated season on Ohio Field, sending the heroic Chick out, losing his final game in the scarlet and gray. It was Harley's first and only loss of his career. The hero of Ohio State walked off the field in tears, inconsolable by his teammates, inconsolable by the fans. And so it was, for the last time, Coach Wills took the field. A Big Ten championship was again on the line. Wills' team had the step and fire of a champion all season. He had already proven to those that questioned his approach to the game that he still had what it took to win. But on this day, in his last hour, as his Buckeyes tried perhaps too hard to force the issue to win, just one more for Wills. Illinois walked away the victor, 8 to nothing, and claimed the Big Ten title. It wasn't a bit of poetry. It wasn't a Hollywood ending. The 16th and final season of Coach Wills' tenure ended with a loss, just as it had for his biggest star in Chick Harley a decade earlier. Somewhere the college football gods seemed to be playing a cruel trick. Those around the country looked beyond the game, looked beyond the season at the lasting legacy of Coach John Wills. The great national sports writer Grant Lynn Rice wrote, When he leaves the game, Ohio State loses a fine coach, and football loses one of the finest of all sportsmen 
connected with the game. Tributes poured in from Big Ten coaches, from Ohio State, from those who knew the game of football the best. Wills moved on. He finished his career at Ohio State with a 78-33-9 record. His 16 seasons as head coach were easily the longest in OSU school history. He navigated choppy waters as OSU joined the Big Ten and then went on to claim three conference titles. And he, of course, was the only Buckeye coach to have ever beaten the Wolverines, doing so four times. He led OSU to its first ever Rose Bowl. His team's success on the field led to a supernova of enthusiasm in Columbus for Buckeye football. Ohio Stadium was built to meet the rising ticket demands that overflowed the cozy confines of Ohio Field. President of the Athletic Board Thomas French called Wills a sportsman, scholar, and a gentleman. As came with the coaching position in Columbus, many scrutinized and called Wills much worse. Coach Wills was ridiculed by outsiders for trying to build character in his student-athletes. Many sports journalists said that the game had passed him by. The words were wind, and the winds eventually grew strong. While his coaching days were over, Dr. John Wills was not done teaching. He entered private practice in medicine and also taught in OSU's College of Medicine. He focused his time not on beating Michigan, but in treating heart disease. And he remained committed to students of Ohio State, serving as Director of Student Health and Services until 1958. On a cold November morning, when you are surrounded by friends and family at a tailgate or maybe in front of a TV, just pause and think for a moment. Under that blue-gray sky, as Ohio State takes the field against Michigan to the chorus of a 100,000 cheers, you might feel it. You might feel the victory that those in Columbus first felt a 100 years ago as Wilson's Buckeyes smashed Fielding Yost's Wolverines. You might feel that same electricity of when Wilson's men claimed OSU's first ever Big Ten title. You might feel for a moment the tinge of sadness of the close losses balanced by the thrill of victory. Wils built expectations of championships that his latter teams and all Ohio State teams to follow were measured by. He had built a program with some of the best facilities in the country. After 16 years, Coach Wils walked out with his head held high. He walked out a legend under his team's championship banners, with Ohio Stadium standing tall behind him. Thanks for listening to I Want to Go Back, a podcast about the people, places, and events that shaped Ohio State football. I'm your host, Jim Baird. This episode marks the end of season two. If you need to catch up, previous episodes are on Land Grant Holy Land's network of Buckeye podcasts. If you do like what you listen to, please give us a five-star rating and share this with your friends. Music for this season was provided by Fields Ohio, Fool's Fire, and Nick Jados, whose sound really brought the history of the game to life. A podcast like this builds on great research already out there. 
If you want to read more, I'd encourage you to check out the official Ohio State Football Encyclopedia by the legendary Jack Park and Chick, The Extraordinary Rise of Ohio State Football and the Tragic Schoolboy Athlete Who Made It Happen by Bob Hunter. Both of those books were invaluable resources as I put this show together. Thanks for listening. To those of you who are in Ohio, around the country, and even some of you overseas, thanks and go Bucks.